Thank you for joining us here. Thank you, all of our online friends that are joining us. Hold on one second. Got a new little apparatus up here. And so. I usually do not know what to expect on weekends like this. When kids are off of school, usually on a, on a weekend, people tend to get out of town and everything. And so um, you never know what to expect in a service in person. But it's so good to see every one of you today. And uh, I really believe I have a word from the Lord that's going to uh, touch your life. Before I go into the message, though, I do want to welcome our friends who are with us today from Angel Wings. We have some friends that are joining us right here in this section. Come on, can we put our hands together? It's a new ministry that we have been partner, we've begun to partner with that is rescuing victims of human trafficking. And so just so thankful that you guys have joined us here this morning. Um, so jumping into the message today, um, this is one of those messages that I really, really have been praying about, and, and it's a simple message, but I really believe that it's going to awaken some things in your heart and cause you to believe God, and, and, and that's really what I'm praying for. Before we get to that, I do want to recap from last week as we kicked off our new series called It's Time. It's time. Come on, how many of you were here last week? You heard the message, and you've been challenged all week. It's time. It's time. Last week, the message was it's time to change. It's time to change. It's time to move on from some old history. It's time to move on from some old habits. It's time to move on from some old hurts. And we know that that can be a challenge, but we also know that that it's time. Come on, 2022 is screaming at us that... It's time. Look at your neighbor and help me preach this. Tell him it's time. It's time. It's time. And so as we as we jumped into the more practical part of the message, we begin to share about how it's time to to get close to God. Sometimes in all of our our, our, our everyday life and our routine, we get so caught up with all the things, all the things that are going on. It's so easy to get away. It's so easy to just kind of drift away from the things that we know that we need to do. But it's time to get close to God. And we even said it this way. It's time to get right with God. Amen. It's time to get right with God. We can't just let these things continue to linger. But it's time to say, God. No more my way, it's time to do it your way. And then we took another practical set, step by saying it's time to get connected into the church. Sometimes we're in and out with all of the busyness, but we know we have this conviction that it's that we need to be connected to a church family and the, the life that it gives us, the energy, but also the accountability. And so we said it's time to get connected. It's time to get connected into the church. And we wrapped it up by saying it's time to do something bigger than myself. Come on, how many of you know it's not all about me? Woo, Cynthia's preaching that right up here, front row. <laughs> Something bigger than myself. It's not about me. And so as we're going into 2022, it's no more compromise. Amen. No more compromise. Let's get right with God. And let's make the change. Today, I want to talk about, this is going to, I, I, and usually I read the scripture, set it all up, leave you anticipating before I give you the title, but I'm just going to give you the title up front. It's time to believe. It's time to believe. Both, I mean, those last two songs today, I mean, if that did not awaken you, when we were singing those songs, come on, I got work to do here this morning. But those songs just, it just taps into our faith and believing the possibilities. But I believe that it's time to believe God. It's time to believe God for some things. And I'm going to go to the book of Mark chapter 6. And we're going to read Mark 6. And then we're going to jump to Matthew 8. And i got a couple of stories that I'm, I'm actually going to tie together this morning. And my hopes is that when we read scripture verses that we find ourselves in them. I pray that when we share these messages that we find ourselves in them and allow God to speak and make the changes that are necessary. Mark chapter 6, you can follow along. The, the production team will have it up on the screens. It says, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. I want you to remember that. This is his, his hometown. And the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Jesus went home to preach at the hometown church, and people were hearing it, and they were they were amazed. Man, this guy, he's pretty good. This guy, he's a good preacher. And they asked, where did he get all this wisdom and the power to perform such miracles? And then they scoffed 
He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right there here among us. Come on, how many of y'all feeling a little hometown coming out in that comment right there? But watch this verse. It says, they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. Jesus goes home to preach. He's preaching really well. They were amazed. And just as quick as they were amazed, they begin to remember, wait a minute. Oh, that's Mary's boy. Oh, I know all his brothers and all his sisters. They work over there at the little boutique. You know, all the little hometown stuff begins to come out. And just as they were recalling which family he belongs to, they're immediately offended, refused to believe in him. And then Jesus told them a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own hometown and among his relatives and his own family. And because of their unbelief, watch this, and because of their unbelief, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Think of this. I mean, when you live in a hometown like that, you, 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 some people need some miracles. Am I right? He says he couldn't do any miracles among them because of their unbelief. Watch this. And he was amazed at their unbelief. He was amazed that they just couldn't believe it. They knew he did miracles for others, but they could not believe that he could do it for them. Then Jesus went from village to village teaching people. Let's jump down to Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 through 13. When Jesus returned, and this is paraphrased, okay, because it would take us forever to read it all, but you'll get the gist of it. When Jesus returned, an, uh, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him. Roman officer had a servant that was sick and needed healing. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. But the officer said, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. Just say the word from where you are and my servant will be healed. And when Jesus heard this, watch this. He was amazed. There's a lot of amazement in this sermon today. <laughs> they were amazed with Jesus in the last scripture I read. Jesus was amazed with their unbelief. And now in this story, this Roman officer has a servant that needs to be healed. And he's like, Jesus is like, all right, I'll come to your house, man. We'll take care of this. He's like, no, you don't have to come to my house. Just say it from here and it'll be taken care of. And Jesus is amazed. And turning to those who were following him, he said, I tell you the truth. Watch this. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. I haven't seen faith like this. It's kind of like this has piqued this interest. Like this, this, this Roman centurion is like, Jesus, look, bro, I know what you're capable of. You don't have to, like, make an extra trip for us. Just say it. It'll be done. Just handle it from here. You're a big shot. We know it. Just do it. And when I read these stories, I see the difference between two groups of people and how they respond to Jesus. The first thing I want to talk about this morning is hometown faith. Let's talk about hometown faith a little bit. Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth, and he's going home to preach at the home synagogue, the home church. There's no place like home, am I right? And that is a loaded statement. There is no place like home. And we love going home. But sometimes we don't like the conditions of home. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but your house is a grand wreck right now? You're laughing. That's how we know. It's like holiday weekend, Pastor Wade. Don't push me. No place like home. But when you get home and you feel like it's going to be a relaxing weekend, you're going to see things everywhere. And it's like, I can't even relax. We need to clean. Yesterday, Cynthia, she walked into our pantry. She opened it up and something triggered. And she went through everything. Things were flying. I got in trouble. I put the macaroni and cheese in the wrong place. My kids weren't able to eat the macaroni and cheese because it was in the wrong place. And I'm like, the Lord blessed you with eyes. You got to look around. She went in the fridge. You, how many of y'all have a condiment problem in your fridge? It's not just us, babe. I told you. 
And she just starts throwing stuff. Oh, y'all don't eat this. Y'all don't eat this. Throw this bar. What's this steak sauce? Throw it away. Baby, that's the good stuff. No, throw it out. Just something triggered. Something. I mean, she opens it up, and that's it. And then the kids, they just leave. And they just evacuate, and I'm kind of stuck. I'm just trying to, like, act busy. I don't know. It's home. No place like home. We're talking about hometown faith. What you need to know about Nazareth is this. It wasn't a big city. You would think Jesus would grow up in the big city. Am I right? Because, I mean, he's a big-time savior, but he was not from the big city. He was from Nazareth. In fact, Nazareth was not even a suburb. I'm serious. Um, It was a small Jewish town. They were very conservative Jews that they scraped to earn a living. In fact, in Bible times, they believed the population of Nazareth, where Jesus grew up, was about 400 people. That's a small town, y'all. That's like where everybody knows everybody's business. Y'all hear me? Like, you think people here know everybody's business? This is a pretty big town. 400 people, everybody knows everything. They knew when you turned your lights off last night and called somebody else to tell them. That's a small town, hometown. And so it's in the region of Galilee. In fact, when, um, when Jesus was introduced to one of the disciples that he was calling, uh, Nathaniel, this is over in John chapter 1, this is what Nathaniel said. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come on, man. You know what I'm saying? I mean, where are you from, Jesus? Can anything good come out of there? Like, this is kind of the reputation that this place has, and this is where, where Jesus is. And so, as much as we love hometowns, and as great as they are, um, hometowns like Nazareth, there's not a lot of optimism. Because there's a struggle that is there, and in their struggle becomes their pride. Because they're proud of what they've been able to earn, and because they're so proud of what they've been able to earn, they've developed what I would call a self-reliance. In other words, we'll figure it out on ourselves, by ourselves. We don't need any help. I got this. And this is what I would consider as hometown faith, where we, where we develop this belief that because of everything that I've went through, that I have the strength to handle this by myself. I don't need your help. And there's like almost like this front of pride that comes with it. And the most incredible thing that God would do, I need y'all to grab this, is happening right there in that city. The most incredible person to ever walk the planet. His name is Jesus. God in the flesh, the very son of God, is living in this hometown of Nazareth, and they could not even recognize what God was doing right there because of hometown kind of faith. And you know you have hometown faith when God could be on the scene right there doing something in your life and you can't even see it because the struggle that you have been in has made you so proud and so prideful of everything that you've been through that it creates this kind of like, I don't need anything. I can do this on my own. So when Jesus shows up to preach, they're amazed. They hear about his miracles, but they can't believe him because their minds immediately go to, who does he think he is coming back to the hometown, acting like he's got all the answers while we have been here struggling all this time? Woo! Can you see how easy it is to get hometown faith? And this is what's going on right here with Jesus. Watch this. They were more loyal to their struggle than they were to the one who could save them because it has become the identity of their hometown. It's become their identity. That is what hometown faith is. Here's the deal, though. It feels so comfortable. Hometown feels so comfortable. Whenever I go back to my hometown, I know where everything is. Don't even have to think about driving. Just know where it's at. Close my eyes, can drive through and get everywhere. My kids, they didn't grow up there. So when we go back, they're still learning. And there are things they see and they're like, that is awesome. There are things they see and they say, what is that? Y'all know what I'm talking about? What is that? You grew up with that? Right there? Yeah. And you came out like that? 
Lord's still working on me, huh? Still working on me. Hometown. It feels comfortable, but there's a negativity that they're comfortable in. There's a skepticism that they become very comfortable in. And so when Jesus shows up, it makes them uncomfortable. And instead of seeing uh, who he is and what he can do and who he can be in their lives, they see him, watch this, as a threat to their life rather than a savior to their life. And it's hard to believe that someone could see Jesus as a threat. Am I right? But all over the world today, people see Jesus as a threat. People are persecuted because of the name of Jesus. People are canceled because of the name of Jesus. People, there's an attempt to silence people because of the name of Jesus. And that's not since 2020. That's been happening since Jesus was on the scene. In fact, the very disciples after Jesus ascended into heaven, they said, hey, you can preach, but don't preach in his name. And they said, you can't stop us. And they kept preaching in his name. Amen. There's something about this hometown faith that is that there's a negativity, but we're comfortable in it. There's a skepticism, but we're comfortable in it. And Jesus is a threat to negativity and skepticism. He's a threat to it because it's hard to stay negative when hope is standing right there. Now, the one thing that caught my attention in this verse, it says they were deeply offended. They were deeply offended. There is so much offense in our world today. People are getting offended about anything and everything. It's like our sensitivity level is out of control. And if somebody says something that you don't agree with, well, I'm just offended. Can I just say this to the body of Christ? Stop getting offended about everything. Amen. Amen. People are going to say stuff. You're not going to live this life without getting offended. So why even go that direction? Amen. Time to move on. Said it last week. That in fact, that's the message series we're in with our surge students right now. It's called No Offense. No Offense. And we're talking to them early on and trying to help them to overcome offense so that as they get older, they don't develop the negativity and skepticism and miss the Savior when he's right there on the scene because they're so caught up with everybody doing things that we don't like that we get mad at them and we miss Jesus right there. Come on. We're working, y'all. Hometown faith, though, it's easy to be offended. They were offended at Jesus. Who do you think you are coming in here with this message, with this miracle stuff that you got going on, and you think you're going to just come in here and change our town? Come on. Like, we, we never process that. We never think that that could be some things that we have slipped into because it's so comfortable. And so our version of faith needs things that make us feel more comfortable. And so we're more comfortable with music and songs that make us feel better rather than the word of God that will change us. Come on. And so when the word of God is being presented, and by the way, the word Jesus was standing in the pulpit that Sunday whenever he's preaching, and they were offended at the word of God as he's sharing the message that could have delivered them, that could have turned it all around. Hometown faith operates best in offense. Can I say this about offense? When you're offended, your belief starts rolling with everything that you want it to be. Oh, I knew it was like, I knew that's what they were going to do. I knew that's how they were going to be. And it's amazing how you start believing things that aren't even true because you're offended. And we see that this kind of hometown faith was actually a refusal to believe that Jesus was the answer. That's what it was. A refusal to believe that Jesus is the answer. So they didn't see Jesus as the Savior. They didn't see him as the sovereign one. All they saw was this is Mary's son. He belongs to that family. And we all know about that family because this whole Jesus thing, how it went down from the beginning, a little shady. A little shady. We still don't even know all the story on that. 
working with his dad, building houses and all this stuff, just a carpenter. Like, this is the kind of reputation that they assigned to him. And because of that, that kind of faith, that mindset, that hometown faith, they didn't see many miracles. And I've had people ask me, why don't we see miracles in the world today? And I just wonder sometimes if it's just we've got hometown faith. Our skepticism has gotten so much bigger than our Savior. And Jesus was amazed at their unbelief. Now let's shift gears. Let's talk about amazing faith. So you've heard about amazing grace. Come on, amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Saved a wretch like me. We don't like singing songs like that because we got to call ourselves a wretch. What is a wretch, a wrench? What is this thing? But what about amazing faith? In both of these stories, Jesus was amazed. Think of this. In both stories, Jesus is amazed. He's amazed by the unbelief in his hometown, but then he's amazed by the faith of the centurion. He's amazed by it. Now, I need you to catch this. Jesus' first ministry, like the first thing that he, that his first priority is to minister to the Jews, okay, to the Jewish community. And his hometown is Jewish, and they didn't even believe him. The centurion is not Jewish. He's a Gentile. You say, what's a Gentile? It's anyone who is not Jewish. You're like, am I a Gentile? Looks like it. Okay? But the Gentile, the one that Jesus was not sent to as a priority, the ones that are sitting in the, in, in the outside seats, not front row, are the ones that are seeing this guy is for real. And you would have thought that the hometown Jews would have said, there he is, finally, our Savior, our Messiah is here. We're redeemed. Finally, we've been waiting for this so long. We've been waiting. We've been in the wait. We've been waiting. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And there he is on Sunday morning at church. God showed up. Missed it. Centurion, though, just riding along the street, and there's Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I need you to come heal my servant. Let's go. No, don't come to the house. The wife said it's a mess. You can't have Jesus coming to the house. It's a mess. I mean, you could bring your friends, but the house is a mess. You know what I'm saying? No, Jesus, don't come. Don't come to the house. It's a mess. And he says, just say the word. Just say the word. Just say the word. And the word showed up right there. Just like it showed up in the synagogue that Sunday. The word showed up right there. And the guy received it, and the servant was healed. And Jesus was amazed that a Gentile would believe him before a Jew would. The ones who were supposed to believe didn't. The ones who were not supposed to believe, they did. It was amazing faith. And Jesus throws this compliment. I want you to imagine if Jesus said this about you. I have not seen faith in all of Israel like I have seen in you. I have not seen faith in all of Tallahassee like I have seen in you. What a compliment. Am I right? Like, that's big. Like, I would go home feeling pretty good about myself that day. The wife would be like, what is wrong with you? Jesus said, I got amazing faith, man. How can I pray for you today? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me flex this a little bit and see how it works. This is what amazing faith is. It's seeing Jesus for who he really is. That's what it is. It's that simple. The centurion saw him for who he really was. Now, what's going on in our world today is the world is searching for faith. It comes under the umbrella of we're searching for truth. Now, I know everybody's looking for truth about why this situation happened like that and what is the government hiding and truth about all this stuff. But ultimately, people are looking for truth. They're looking, let me say it this way, they're looking for the answer that is going to solve their dilemma of life. They're trying to find all these sources 
that is going to solve what's going on in their life when the only person that could do it is Jesus Christ. There is no substance. Come on. There is no vaccine. There is no politician. Come on. There is no political stance that's going to give you what only Jesus can give you. Amen? Because truth isn't just a saying. It's a person. And the person is Jesus. He is the truth. And you can find out all the truth about all these issues, but if you don't have Jesus, you don't have the truth. You just got information about something that you've been trying to figure out. But you can have all that information. If you don't have Jesus, you're in trouble. The world is looking for truth. And let me say it this way. They're looking for faith. In a world full of fear, you have to understand that the need is faith. It's not just more information because information only holds you for so long. Only hold you. If somebody told you some good information about your bank account, hey, you got a thousand more dollars in there. Ooh, glory. <laughs> Eating steak for lunch. Fast is over. Am I right? Come on, I'm not doing this little all veggie thing. We're going to eat what the cows eat. Come on. Zeke. But that thousand bucks, that information is good for you, but it's only going to last as long as you use it. And then it's gone. Jesus, he remains. You know what I'm saying? He remains. The world's looking for an anchor for their soul. Because every news feed throws them off. Every person that says something they don't agree with throws them off. They're offended. They're mad. Hometown faith. Let's shift now and talk about right now faith. We got hometown faith. We got amazing faith, but I want to bring it home and talk about right now faith because it's time to believe God. It's time to believe God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it starts like this. Now faith. (laughs) And basically it's just saying it's time to believe. That's what the verse says. Now faith, right now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now faith. Say now faith. faith. Right now. It's time to believe. Right now. is substance and evidence. It's faith that has some substance to it. It's faith that has some evidence to it. It's not just an opinion. It's not just an observation, but it's substance and evidence. Now, I believe we all want now faith. The kind of faith that works right now, regardless of the situation. Someone could surprise you right now with something that could be overwhelming, and you would hope that you have some right now faith that would kick in and help you to overcome it. Am I right? Like right now faith. Can't scare me. I got right now faith. But more people have what I call how faith. There's now faith, but a lot of people have how faith. I don't see how. I don't see how it's going to work. I don't see how God's going to do it. I don't see how, and if I don't see how, I can't believe. And so the faith is on hold until I can see how. Think of that. But we want now faith. So when you came in here this morning, as you search for where you would like to sit, some like sitting in front of the big speakers because they like feeling the force of the bass. Some like sitting on the other side of the room where it's a little bit more light. Some just, I just need somewhere to sit. But when you sat down, did you once consider the manufacturing and the construction and the fabrication of the chair that you were sitting in? Did you even once consider how it was made? Did you even consider the personnel that were working in that factory, in that warehouse that was putting together, like, are they really trustworthy? Like, did that guy come to work that day? Mm, We're a little something. Something. Maybe substance. Who knows? Did we even investigate to see 
Do they meet all the standards? Did you flip the chair over and look for the tag that says it's it's unlawful to remove this tag? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like when you were a kid? How many of you were pranked by that when you were a kid? They said, tear it off, and then you read it and said, you're going to jail. It's for the manufacturer, by the way, not for you. You can tear it off is what I'm saying. But did you do that before you sat down? Did you look at all the standards to make sure that it met every expectation that you had before you just dropped down into it? Or did you just come in here with now faith with your chair and just sat in it? Not even considering the limitations the chair may have. Nothing. You just said, hey, honey, this is a good spot. Let's sit here. Boom. But yet, and listen, you use right now faith. But in real life, we don't use right now faith because we need to know how everything's going to work out. I'm praying to God, but how is God going to do it? I need to see all the details. Did you look into all the details of when God said, let there be light, how all of that worked for you to say, well, I'm just not going outside in the daylight till I know how it all works. I just want to say that's weird. You didn't question how. Because you saw the light shine. But in so many areas of our lives, we use this how kind of faith. How kind of faith. I don't know how it's going to change. I don't know how it's going to work out. But right now, faith. Now, faith is saying, I don't see how, but I see God. I don't, I, I don't, I don't see what he's going to do, how it's all going to work out. But I know he's a savior. I know he's a healer. I know he's a miracle worker. I know he's a way maker. I could go on and on down the list. That's what I know that he is. And so my faith is tapped into who he is rather than just what I think he can do based on how I'm able to put it all together and figure out how he does it. It's a person. I may not know how, watch this, but I know him. I may not know how, but I know him. And too many times we're building it off of our opinions and our observations. That's why last week we said it's so important for us. It's time to get close to God. It's time to get to know him. And when you get to know him, you will see that he's more than a religious figure. You see he is savior. You see he is healer. You see he is redeemer. You see he is the one that that saves our soul, that changes our minds, that changes us from the inside out. You see that, and because you get to know him, now you recognize that there is nothing impossible for him. And so right now, faith isn't triggered by what you're able to do, but it's moved by who he is. Just who he is. I, I used to get frustrated whenever people say, oh, man, I'm going through all of this, but God. Y'all know those people? You could tell them, oh, man, I'm walking through hell right now. And they're like, but God. What are you talking about right here? Okay, because that's an odd way to talk to me. <laughs> but God, what? Just really need a breakthrough in my life. But God. But God. And really what they're saying is, if you know who he is, you would just believe it's possible. If you know who he really is. And can I just say this? God hasn't changed through history. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And quit assigning a hometown faith to a big-time God. Amen? Where we say, well, God used to do miracles in the Bible, but he doesn't do them anymore. He must not care. He does care. It's just that our skepticism has overridden our belief that it is possible that God could do something. Men, it's time to believe God. Faith that is built on conviction. I got some substance. This is a conviction I've got. It's not just my opinion because it's good, but it's conviction. And you can't move me from this. Diagnosis can't move me from this. Problem with the kid can't move me from this. I will not be shaken. I will not be moved because I know who God is. We may have to go through it, but he's with me. Amen. See, it's a conviction. I've got some evidence. I've got some substance. It's time to believe God. So let's bring it home. Let's make it practical. It's time, number one, it's time to let Jesus be the answer. That's what it's time for. It's time to let Jesus be the answer and not just the option. The answer. 
In other words, first thing, I'm going to Jesus. First thing first, I'm going to Jesus. You say, well, Pastor Wade, what if it's a sickness? I'm going to Jesus as I'm going to the doctor. I'm not eliminating Jesus from the equation. I'm letting him be the head start of the equation. And I'm going to listen to the doctors, but I'm going to follow Jesus. And I'm going to pray that the doctor will follow Jesus. Amen? I'm not taking away the doctor, bro. Give me something. Amen? Come on. We've got to let Jesus be the answer. And too many times we haven't gone to Jesus as the answer. When all the other stuff doesn't work with the marriage, now we go, now we're gonna go run and meet with the pastor and see if we can work things out and get some forgiveness to flow. When the issues with the kids just are going crazy, the last option, well, we tried everything else. Let's see what Jesus can do. And you know what? God is still good even when we do that. But that's like after a while faith. Right now faith is it's time to let Jesus be the answer. And I believe this is a word for somebody here today. It's time to let Jesus be the answer with your health. It's time to let Jesus be the answer with your depression. It's time to let Jesus be the answer with your addiction. It's time to let Jesus be the answer with your anxiety. And listen, I know, because you're saying, okay, Jesus, you be the answer, but how is he going to do all of this? How do you do it, Jesus? And you may not get the how, but at least you got the who to walk with you through all of this stuff. It's time to believe God. It's time to let Jesus be the answer. Number two, it's time to put it in God's hands. That's where you know I'm believing. Because when you say, okay, that's the right answer. There's a lot of people, students who take tests, they know the right answers, but when it comes to the test, they choose the wrong one. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Because you got this, 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 somebody told you when you don't know what to do, choose C. How many of y'all rolled with that for years? Come on, them little scantrons, you did a little pattern. You know what I'm saying? Zigzag all the way. When you don't know what to put, just put C. That's hometown faith, y'all. That's hometown faith. He is the answer. Fill in the dot. Put it in his hands. I wonder what you have been carrying that should have been in his hands. That has caused so much anxiety and stress. Some of us, we just need to take our career and just put it in his hands. Just put it in his hands. We need to take our marriage and put it in his hands. Doesn't mean that you're washing your hands of it. That just means while you carry it, I'm going to work on it. Because in a stressed, stressful state that I'm in, I'm just getting angry. But if you carry it, I'm not feeling the stress of it. Now I can work on it. Putting it in his hands. I wonder what situations that you're walking through right now that even as I said that, you knew it. Even as I said, put it in God's hands. It, it, it's almost like it, it was a whisper. And it was like, yeah, okay, you put that in God's hands. And as soon as you had that thought, and as soon as your mind said it, immediately hometown faith started telling you why that's not going to be the best option for you. Yeah, but what about this? And yeah, but what about that? Yeah, but, yeah, but. It's time to put it in God's hands. Number three, it's time to look forward. It's time to look forward. When you're working on something that's a problem, we get so entrenched in it, so focused on it, that we can't even see forward. I'm, I'm so caught up with this, I can't see possibilities. I, I, I'm, I'm analyzing right now. I'm circling the mountain. I'm circling. But we forget why we're circling the mountain. Because we're trying to go somewhere. Come on, listen to me. We're trying to go somewhere. We're trying to move forward. 
We're trying to move forward in our marriage. We're trying to move forward with our diagnosis. We're trying to move forward from this anxiety. We're trying to move forward with our family. We're trying to move forward in our faith. But sometimes the problem-solving, just anxiety that we have doesn't allow us to look forward because forward means, well, that just means more problems i got to deal with. Hold down, baby. Strikes again. But now faith is saying it's time to look forward. Can I say it the way my pastor said it when he was here the first weekend in December? It's time to dream again. It's time to dream for the family again. I know you've been walking through some things. I know you've been walking through some struggles, but it's time to dream again. I know your business has been overwhelmed with all of this stuff, but it's time to dream again. It's time to dream again for your career. It's time to dream again with things that you've been praying for that you quit praying for because you don't see how. It's time to believe again. Those prayers that you prayed weren't for it wasn't for nothing. It's time to pray that prayer again. It's time to believe that God can. Can you see the possibilities of the marriage being restored? Can you see that son that is away from God standing next to you with his arms raised? Can you see that child in that baptism tank on February 6th just being baptized? Can you see it? Are you praying according to what you see with possibility or are you praying according to what you see with problem? It's time to see the possibility and look forward. And number four is critical. It's time to take the next step. The hardest part in this walk with God is where we stopped. We stopped right there. You know what I'm talking about? I was moving forward and then this happened. Stopped. And sometimes I feel like people just need a little permission to keep going. And today I feel like I need to give you permission that it's time to move forward. It's time to take the next step. Oh, I know. That means obedience. I know. I know. That means overcoming fear. I know. I know means facing yourself on some things because we've tried the blame game making it everybody else and then we realized I am the common denominator and we stopped right there today I think God is saying it's time to take a step it's time to step into now faith watch this let's finish right here James 2 what good is it dear brothers and sisters if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions, what good is it? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Can that kind of faith change anyone? You're here today, and many people would say, look at these guys. They're people of faith. They were in church today. They're watching online. These are people of faith. That might be the appearance on the outside. But where are we at on the inside? Do you believe the possibilities of God's healing? Do you believe the possibilities of God's restoration? Do you believe that God could turn it around? And really, I'm, I'm using that as an umbrella basically to ask you, do you believe that God can do a miracle? Do you believe that it is possible? And this morning, I just feel like we need to pray. Because there are people in this room that need breakthroughs, that need miracles. They need God to do something in their life. They need God to turn that situation around. They need favor. They need healing. They need to be able to overcome something. And hometown faith has just been overwhelming. And even whenever you share this, because it starts to speak of hope, people begin to get mad because it's like, you don't understand what I've been walking through. And I don't understand what you've been walking through. But I do understand the one who knows what you've been walking through. And I understand that he is a savior. And I understand that he is faithful. And I understand that he is the answer, the one that can turn it around. And if you put it in his hands and you give him a chance, let's see what God can do.
Let's see what he could do. And this morning, if you're sitting out there and you need breakthrough, you need God to do something in your life, you need some people that's going to believe with you and stand with you, not with the hometown of faith, and let's just see what's going to happen, but with some right now faith that says God's on the scene. He is here in this place, and God can do something. I want to ask you to take a step, a step. I want you to step out of your seat, and I want you to come stand right here in front, and I want to pray for you this morning. You say, Pastor, that's old school. Welcome to the new school, baby. It's time to take a step. If you believe in God, you need a miracle, you need a breakthrough, you need something to happen in your life, I want you to get out of your seats right now. You say, what difference is it going to make if I sit here or if I get up there? I think stepping up is taking a step of faith. Too many of us have been living with a diagnosis for too long. Too many of us have been living in a state of anxiety when we were meant to live free. Too many of us have been living in a state of depression when God's like, I got so much more for you than that. Too many of us have been wrestling in our marriages when God wanted to use you to do something big, but we were too busy fighting. We were too busy arguing. It's time to take the step. It's time to take the step. You say, Pastor Wade, how is God going to do it? I wish I knew. Man, I wish I can analyze the scripture. I wish I can, I can dissect every verse and come up with the perfect plan and spell it out, customized for each and every one. I wish I could do it, but I can't. And if I could, it would totally eliminate your faith. It may make you feel better, but it won't make you believe. Faith is before. It's not after, it's before. It's, in fact, it's even praising God before it happens for it to happen. Think of that. God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm praying, but I'm going to shift gears, and I'm going to start praising. And we're like, well, what are you praising him for? I'm praising him for the result that I believe in for. He's like, but you don't know if it's going to happen. It's fine. I'm going to praise him for it. I'm going to put him in a tough spot. Instead of me being in a tough spot, I'm putting him in a spot. You got to do something. I'm praying, but now I'm praising. I've been worshiping you for this thing, God. And this morning, we want to pray for you. And then we're going to shift gears, and you're going to throw your hands up and begin to thank God. For I need our prayer team come and stand behind these, put a hand on their shoulder, moving around. Come on, I need some people to help up here. This is God's moment. Every one of you with your hands raised up here at the front, those of you out there, stretch your hands towards them. This is a God moment in this place today. Jesus, only you, only you. We don't know how, but we know you. And in this divine moment right here, I pray that you will not just speak something, but that you would do something. I pray for miracles and breakthroughs. I pray for changes. I pray for healing. I pray, God, for God, I pray for restoration in families, God. I pray for children that have been diagnosed. I pray for women that have been diagnosed and they said, this is all we can do for you. God, pick it up from there and do what you do, Father. Restore, rebuild, change it, God, like only you can change today. We put it in your hands. Right now, whisper what it is and tell him I put it in your hands. Let him know, God, I'm putting it in your hands. Putting it in your hands. I'm looking to you to be the answer. Today, God, I'm praying for testimonies to come out of this service. Praying for breakthroughs to come out of this service today. I'm praying for lives turned around. I'm praying, God, that you will do it. There are so many prayers that have been prayed up here. Hear from heaven and respond, God. Right now, faith, we believe. Even though our mind wants to be skeptical, we believe. We choose to believe. Now I want you to take the step, and I want you to begin to thank God for it. Thank God for the healing. God, I thank you that you're restoring the marriage. I thank you, God, that you're healing that sickness. I thank you, God, that you bring in restoration to that family. God, I thank you, God, 
that you're saving that loved one. Thank you, God, that you're bringing hope again. I thank you, God, that we're dreaming again. I thank you, God, that it starts fresh. It starts new today. We give you praise. Come on, the rest of you stand to your feet all across this room. Lift your hands to the Lord right now. And God, we give you praise in this place. We give you honor. We give you glory. We thank you, God, that you're the beginning and the end. You know the end of the story. And we believe you right in the middle of it. God, we give you praise today, not just for what you do, but who you are. We're thankful for blessings, but God, we're thankful that we've got you. We give you praise in this place today, God. We thank you, God, for your healing hand. We thank you, God, for your saving. We thank you, God, that you know every struggle. And you're right there. We give you praise today in this place. We give you praise in this place today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, I need you to put your hands together and give God some praise in this place. Today we sang that song. You've done it before, and I believe you will do it again. Don't know how, but I believe. Feels a little foolish to believe when you don't have all the information. But I believe God can, because I've seen him do it before. And I believe he will do it again for you. You're writing some stories. You say, well, I don't like how this story's going. It's a new chapter, friend. It's time for the good part. Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him it's time for the good part. Come on, it's time for the good part. It's time for the good part. Well, I don't know how the story's going to go. Just keep going. Keep going. Every Sunday, regardless what we do, I don't want to leave a service without giving a person a chance to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You can stay right there. We're almost done. I want to lead us in this prayer. Just ask everyone to repeat. Maybe you're watching online, and you know today it's time to give your life to Jesus. It's time to let Jesus be your Savior, your Lord. It's time to come back from God. No more running. It's time to come home. I want to lead you in this prayer. Let's pray it together. Say, dear Lord, thank you for loving me no matter what. Today I give you my life and I ask you to forgive my sins. Wash me clean and make me a new person. I make this choice now. I will follow you. I will follow your ways. I'm all yours. I'm a new person. I'm, a, I'm forgiven. I'm free. And I'm saved. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer today, maybe it was the first time.